Hello and welcome to Out on Her Fanny. A podcast about the nanny. I'm Ben. I'm Mandy. And we are joined by a very special guest this week who owes me $57,000. And rather than uh, call in the money, because we, Mandy and I don't need money, I'm English and I'm therefore rich, uh, we thought what we do instead is uh, square things off by, by having him on as a guest on the podcast. Uh, please make very, very welcome... Marcellus Samuel. Marcellus, hello. Woo, I, I, I would like to put it on the record that I owe Ben nothing. Yeah, that's it, because we squared. We, we, we got it. This is <laughs> this is taken care of. No, no, even before this. Okay, all right, I'm going to, yeah. Hey, it's, <laughs> my name is Marcellus, hi. Yeah, Marcellus is, is great. How you doing, Marcellus? I'm pretty good. What, is, what, what would the fictional thing have to be for Marcellus? To, how, how would Marcellus even rack up that much money? 57 Gs, that's a lot. That's, I mean, actually, that's that's very easy. So Marcellus and I, we did, we did, uh, we we were in a crew together. We used to run bank heists. And okay, uh, wait, stop. I'm gonna bo- stop him right now. I'm black. We can't talk about this on the <laughs> podcast or anything that has recording. All right. Well, uh, me and me and this other hy- this hypothetical friend who we will call Carl Smellus, and uh, Carl Smellus wow. and I wow. used to run used to run bank heists. And then we got out of the game. We 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 got out. We we went clean. We set up. Uh, you know, went our separate ways. Uh, went legitimate. Obviously, I'm now a, a a very successful business person. And then we got a call from an old friend whose name is Giuseppe. And Giuseppe says, "There's one last heist." And that was it. And we were back in. Wait, but, wait, uh, wait, wait. Ben, isn't this the plot to Ronin? It it might be the plot to, to Ronin. Um, I didn't finish watching it. Oh. And that's actually what it is. Is, is I rented it from Blockbuster Video. And <laughs> I, I asked, asked you, Marcellus, to return the tape. And you said, sure, no problem. And then, uh, and then the block, Blockbuster sent me letters saying, hey, where's Ronin? And I said, well, I don't have it. Marcella said that he had returned it. And they said, nope, we haven't got it back. And so the $57,000 is actually Blockbuster Video late fees. And I, right now, have the most expensive copy of Blockbuster Ronin. That's it, yeah. You got it. You got that, that blue box with a yellow font on the white wrapper. And it's, it, it's a VHS as well, so it is... Yeah. Let me see you find one the, of these. Yeah. You know, see you find something to watch it on in 2021. <laughs> Um, I got, I actually grew up with my grandmother, so I have like four or five V uh, VCRs still. That's perfect. Because what that you can do then is you can plug your Super Nintendo and you can record yourself playing Super Mario World, which is really what it's all about. An OG streamer. Yeah. <laughs> you just mail your tapes out to people. Could you imagine that back in the day? Like you just receive a VHS from someone and it's them playing Sonic. <laughs> like it, I mean, that's that's when, when it comes to like. Uh, like high school leagues uh, for like Twin Galaxies and so on for like Donkey Kong and Space Invaders. That's what people would do. They would uh, they would rig up a VCR into the back of the arcade machine and record themselves playing. And then when they got the high school that they wanted, they would send that in to the league. And that's how the tables were updated back in the day. Well, you know, I, I, I can uh, understand that. But could yeah. you imagine just being a random nigga somewhere and you just receive a tape? And you're like, hey, Ben, send me a tape. And it's you beating Donkey Kong? Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine that. <laughs> like, very... remember, remember to uh, smash that like and subscribe button, which I guess is the rewind and the fast forward. <laughs> Just press both at the same time. Break your machine. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, uh, the, actually, the like button is pushing the tab out at the top of the, 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 the VHS, so you can't tape over it. <laughs> yeah, you're not recording like, over this, baby. <laughs> 
Yeah, you, th- listen, I finished Donkey Kong Country in 32 minutes, okay? You are saving that tape. Yeah, but uh, besides being a blockbuster thief, who are you, Marcellus? <laughs> um, I'm a stand-up comedian, a customer service representative for a phone manufacturer or representative or, or, or company. Yeah, phone company. There you go. That's, that's the word I want to use. I do sketches. I'm a father. I'm a martial artist. I skateboard. And I fell on my hip last week. I'm a, I'm a 37-year-old skateboarder, so I fell last week and I haven't been skating for a while. Oh no! <laughs> I'm scared. Yeah, how's your how's, how's your hip? The hip is good. It's just I'm scared to fall on it again because I was out for like a couple of days. Like I felt like I felt my age. It was funny, but yeah, that, yeah. that that's who I am, Marcellus, the the bad hip nigga. <laughs> I we obviously can't repeat that, but I, <laughs> I, I well, I, Ben, you know you're the blackest man in comedy right now, so <laughs> that's your tag. I'm not the only person that call you that, so. One of the things, Marcellus and I have done a lot, we've done stand-up at a lot of conventions and events, we've done improv together, we've done panels together, Marcellus is one of my favorite uh, human beings on the planet, let alone one of my favorite comedians and performers. The one thing that we don't know about you is your history with the nanny. Did you, did you watch the nanny at all when it was originally airing in the 90s? Do you have any, any history with the show? So I have, so this is the thing, um, my grandfather, he was a, a older black man from New Orleans, uh, he raised me. And he didn't watch any black television when he was raising me. He watched predominantly like white television. Hmm. And I remember like, cause I didn't like Seinfeld. I didn't like friends, but my grandfather used to watch these shows. And I remember asking him one time, I'm like, why do you, why do you watch it? He's like, this is funny. This is the other side that we don't get to see. And one of the shows that he really loved and he had a crush on Fran was the Fanny. <laughs> I mean, the Fanny, the Fanny, I just called her the Fanny. Fanny. <laughs> I don't he was know. after that fanny. Hey, he was a butt man. All right, rest in peace. Oh. There you go. <laughs> but no. That's, the- that's how you eulogize your grandfather. He was a butt man. <laughs> He's somewhere like, yes, the man knows me. The boy knows me. But no, he loved the nanny. I loved the nanny. We, She was very... She was another... Okay, so back in the day, we liked Carol Burnett. That was another show that we were just... I know that's mm, yes. really old. But we had a thing for female comedians. Lucille Ball, the Lucy show. That was something that we watched on a regular basis together. So then the nanny was definitely something that he loved and when i would ask him why he watched the, why, why did he watched the nanny he was like i don't like any other characters but fran that's my girl right there so yeah i have a i have a history with it now i haven't watched it since i was a kid so it's been about 10 10 years 10 plus wow that's been that's a while yeah i i do like the 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 implicit thing that you were a child when you were 27 uh- <laughs> <laughs> she was a ch- young at heart ch- ch- <laughs> Just a very childish person. Damn. So you go. You're right. It's double. It's like twenty years. Yeah. <laughs> it's, isn't it weird how we still think of the '90s as like, oh, that was only like ten years ago. Yes. No. Yeah. no. Do you not know how time work? <laughs> I was 13 when the '90s ended, and I'm 35 now. So I'm more than t- almost three times the age I was. Yes. Uh, when the when the '90s ended, and yet dot dot dot. End of sentence. I've got nothing else to add. To <laughs> oh, to I was waiting, dude. Yeah. yeah. No, that's it. No, that's it. You just get your dots. Yeah. So, um, as someone who uh, did actually watch the nanny uh, previously, when you were watching it, and now the question that we always ask people is Niles and Maxwell. One of those actors is actually English. Which one did you think it was? Maxwell. 
Okay. Yeah, that's it. That's correct. It. Yeah. You got it. Yeah, Niles yeah. is a fake. You can uh, you can tell that he's putting on, and he's putting on kind of heavy. If I was English or if I was from there, I'd be like, that's racist. <laughs> it's it's just too many round vowels. I was thinking about it listening, to, uh, watching this episode today, listening to Niles' voice, and there's too many owls. Mm-hmm. Too many. T- mm-hmm. Whereas English. Uh, the English mouth. The English mouth. <laughs> the English uh, that's, mouth. That's, I'm that's stopping this sentence rest- right now. No, not finishing <laughs> that's, that. <laughs> that's my wrestling name. No, uh, the English <laughs> mouth. Um, when when English people talk, it tends to be small mouth movements, and the tongue is at the back of the mouth. Whereas Americans tend to have bigger mouth movements, and the tongue is at the front. You know way too much about this, Ben. You're scaring me. I I I, <laughs> I, stud- I studied accents for a little bit. I was I, oh. this is true. I was I was going to be a, a, a dialect coach uh, for a bit after I uh, left my day job in 2009. I got laid off after the 2008 market crash, and uh, a friend of mine who's a voice actor said, "Actually, you you are legit English." You could teach people to do English accents. So I read books. I listened to CDs because it was 2009. And then I thought, oh, I've, I learned a lot. And then I didn't do it. So I have a lot of, I have this skill that I've never, if you want to, if you want an English accent for your customer service work, we should talk because I can give you, I can teach you classes. Oh, Marcellus with an English accent would be unstoppable. Oh, oh Marcellus with an English accent would be my, incredible. My customers are already confused enough. They- <laughs> I get enough. I mean, not even, not even just in a customer. Just like going, going through. Your, like Ben gets so much free shit through this accent. <laughs> oh yeah. I get, if I go into a Cold Stone, it's two to one odds I'm gonna get that ice cream for free. Wow. I'm not even kidding. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna need you to teach me Obi Wan. <laughs> this Jedi mind trick that you speak of. It's very effective. It's that is true. Effective. Like black guys that have English accents, they get away with a lot of stuff. Yeah. N- no one has ever accused Idris Elba of anything. Of anything, anything. And he had. He's red-handed. He got it in his hand. They're like, Nah, he didn't take yeah. it. <laughs> do you we hear how this man's we talking? Did- <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. He was a gift. It was a gift. We gave it to him just now. He decided on it. <laughs> he chose to make us give him a gift. That's funny. <laughs> Uh, so we watched uh, we watched an episode of The Nanny that is uh, on both the DVD and on HBO Max because we had to, we we researched this ahead of time so we could let Marcellus know how to watch the episode. It is season one, episode twenty, Ode to Barbara Joan, aka Daddy Dearest. Now, when I looked this up to give Marcellus the epi- the the HBO episode uh, and season number, it's not the aka Daddy Dearest is not listed. No, yeah, it's not. So I think it's genuinely like an alternate episode title. I think it went out under that title in like maybe different territories or... But HBO Max just lists it as Ode to Barbara Joan. Yeah, I wonder if that's something to try to avoid because like this is a very Barbara-focused episode. Mm, But she's not in it and maybe in like certain segments of like, oh, it might be like we'd run into issues using like uh, reference to Barbara Streisand. Like even... I don't know. I don't want to ruin it. But yeah, like even parts of... The title itself, like when I got to that point when I found like, oh, that's the barber they're talking about. It was it was pretty dope. Yeah. What was the what was the barber you thought they were talking about? No, I thought I swear I thought I didn't know who they were gonna who's Barbara Joan. Come on, that's not who you want to say. You would say Barbara Streisand. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And then when they mentioned uh, that that's her middle name, I was like, oh shit! I was like, that's dope. I didn't know that was her middle name. Yeah, it's it's good. Like they kind of just do it, but like, oh, you know, if you, if you know, you know. But and also, if you don't know, you don't know. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> if you don't know, you're about to find out. Yeah. Well, we're about to find out right now as we start discussing season one, episode twenty, Ode to Barbara Joan, aka Daddy Dearest. <laughs> 
so we start off and it's very baseball themed. They're all cheering uh, Brighton in as he slides in. Um, they're in the office, right? For yeah, the scene? they're in the yeah. office. Not um, where you want to be doing a, a base slide. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Yeah. Because that's going to fuck up Maxwell's floors. <laughs> they can afford it. I, I mean, that's fair. Yeah, he does make a mention of, because he's like doing the whole, like, I'm a baseball guy. He's like, oh, I got to practice spitting. And Niles is not okay with that. <laughs> no, but he's fine with like Brighton's cleats just fucking up the, the woodwork <laughs> of the floor. I'm going to have to refinish this. Also okay with uh, Brighton's jockstrap just lying around. Just having it. And there's just a lot of discussion about a little boy's penis. <laughs> and awesome. the size that the little boy's penis is. Who'd you buy it for, Mr. Ed? I thought that was hilarious that he alluded to that he would grow into it. I was like, really? This would not pass on TV nowadays. Niles uh, mentions that there is a call for Cece and it's her dad and Cece very vocally says, or not vocally, not loud, with 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 her mouth, but and hands, m- miming, I'm not, telling him I'm not here. And Niles, being history's greatest shit, is like, oh no, here she is, and hands her the phone. And it's a very short, curt, uh, very impersonal phone call. She says like three things. Which, it's made to seem very impersonal, but as someone like, I'm actually very close with my dad. My dad is just bad on talking with the phone, so if I have a call with him, it is going to be four seconds long. It's just like, okay, here's the here's the info, bye. Yeah. I think I've spent more time accumulative <laughs> speaking to your dad on the phone than you have in the last year. Wow. I've had, I had one phone call with him because I, I wanted to call him to let him know that I was going to pop the question to Mandy. And he was very enthusiastic and excited. And that phone call, I don't think it went on for 50 years, but it did feel like it did. <laughs> it was just a very long, very long phone call with a very, very excited Puerto Rican man. It was a good call. But yeah, this call kind of wraps up very quickly. And uh, yeah, Cece mentions that her father's going to be in town and she doesn't want to interrupt him because that's time is money and it's going to be his her money someday. And Niles makes some... Inoc- I, here's a thing. I can't remember how this scene ends. I know, <laughs> I know that Niles says some shit and leaves and then Cece follows him out with a base with with brighton's baseball bat wasn't it that she she was just like oh about her husband or her boyfriend he's like yeah i'll go get that blow-up doll for you yes <laughs> yeah. yeah uh they say like oh you should have him over for dinner and she makes a comment on like oh it's good to have have him see the man of my life in maxwell <laughs> maxwell's actually the one that does a hit of like yeah you should invite him well, clearly she meant you. Just, yeah. Just, just a clear, straight shot, 360 no-scope into Cece's jugular. It was just perfect. Yeah, no pause, no nothing. Yeah, it's the kind of thing that Niles would say vindictively and Maxwell's just saying it to be nice. Which <laughs> <laughs> I think makes it worse. Yeah. And then, then Niles has the comment about, I'll, I'll inflate, inflate him and put him in his usual chair. And one of the things I love about this, we've been building up to... We've been building up Cece's responses to Niles's jabs. Like she'll shoot, looks at the camera, and she's been like shooting daggers at Niles. This is the first time we get. There are three distinct instances where Cece is physically violent, or is implied to be physically violent to Niles. This is the first of the three in this episode. With yeah, she goes following hard him in out this with the baseball bat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. She's done. Like she's she's had twenty episodes of putting up with the bullest of shit from this man, and she's snapped. And I do not blame her. Yeah, and it's I want I want to make it clear 
uh, uh, physical abuse is never good, especially like uh, uh, women attacking men. I have been in situations where women were just like, oh, I think it's okay to attack my male partner and stuff like that. It's not okay. But in a slapstick sitcom comedy, it can be funny. Yeah. So it was fine. Because Nas is fictional. Yeah. And therefore he can take it. <laughs> they were all faking yeah. at the end. So it's okay to do. It, was, it wasn't a real get... baseball bat at all. It was cool. You guys yeah. no, Don't worry. <laughs> and then we get, our, we get our opening titles. And I do have to ask uh, Marcellus, uh, do, do you think the opening theme to The Nanny is a bop? Uh, n- n- no, I-, I don't think that it's, it's a-, a bop. I'm doing the quotation fingers as I say that. Um, I could see somebody remixing it and doing something dope with it, but a- at this point in my life, I wouldn't say that I would bump that. You would not. You wouldn't. You wouldn't play that as you're driving down the street, loud for everyone in your neighborhood to hear it. No, sir. No, sir. I wouldn't. No. Okay. Wait. Also, I would like to point out what she was wearing at that during this whole thing. The it looked like a kid took the construction paper and like cut the little strips in it and then just stuck it all together. And it was dope on her though. That's one of those things where oh, only yeah. Frank and some of the stuff she pulls off in her in, in the show is amazing. I wish I could dress like that. I wish I had the balls to dress like that. I love what she was wearing and I don't think anybody else could pull that off. Oh yeah. Yeah, absolutely. it's so much of it's a real understanding of I guess we're just having a moment of a uh, uh, fashion, fashion fashion time. You can just s- speed up the the theme real quick real quick here so we can just have it. There's so much detail into fitting everything so properly to her that uh. she can wear things that are insane if you describe <laughs> them, but they are tailored so well that they just they feel natural to her. That's a good point. Yeah. One of the things I love about Fran's costume is, is she wears the kind of clothes you you usually expect to see on a background performer in an episode of 60s Star Trek, but she wears <laughs> it so well. Uh, I've really been impressed with Fran's fashion choices and kind of the outfits that they put her in. Mm-hmm. Very kind of, and this is something we've spoken about before, like they very deliberately uh, put her in kind of very bold, bright colors to kind of contrast with the, the very plain flat colors of the set design and, and uh, the rest of the Maxwell family. Yes. The, Ma- the Maxwell family. The Maxwell. Wells, you the know. Maxwell House. The Maxwell House. So we come back from our opening title sequence, which may not be a bop, to whatever <laughs> scene we come back to. What do we come back to? Um, I can't remember. We watched it an hour ago. So it is the kitchen. Cece is very stressed because her dad is about to arrive and she's focusing on the plates being ugly and trying to like just clearly very stressed about everything has yes. to be perfect. She's telling Maxwell like you need a you need a tie with boats on it because my father is a navy guy. Oh yeah, because he had uh, planes on his on his tie. Yeah. Which my dad was in the navy. His specific job was being a repair person for airplanes and helicopters. <laughs> <laughs> So it's fine. <laughs> they this... also have planes. The yeah. boats carry um, planes. Yes, you make a damn good point. <laughs> they, literally, they literally, like, straight up, the only reason why my parents' marriage lasted as long as it did is because for the first half of it, my dad was always out to sea on, like, cruises for nine months, like, just on, like, an aircraft carrier, yeah. which aircraft carrier a boat that carries planes on it that's the name that's why they call it that yeah that is how they get their name the first word is aircraft but you have to remember the thing about cc is she's frequently they very kind of deliberately set her up as kind of cold and aloof yeah uh, but they also occasionally set her up as dumb but not not like val dumb not like uh, yeah, uh friends f- friends friend val dumb just 
lacking knowledge in in certain areas. Ignorant. ignorant. I'd say the difference is it, she's yes. ignorant. Yeah, it's it's yeah. it's not necessarily like an airhead. It's not a Kelly Bundy thing. It's just like I'm so rich, I haven't experienced certain things. It's it's that white privilege. She she yeah. doesn't know because she doesn't need to know, and she's yes, never going to need yes, to know there you this. Go. Yeah, I, I like the fact that she she references Marilago. Yeah, like, it was funny. Oh, she does like it's like she has like a uh, Ivana, Ivana Trump. Trump is the long expl- lost Ivana Trump. <laughs> yes, I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> This is, and I want to, this because I know this is coming up because I've seen the clip of it. I don't know when it happens, but I know that Donald Trump does appear in a future episode. Oh. I think that was a, it was a, a tweet that did like, oh, fun fact, Donald Trump is the only guest on the nanny to be impeached <laughs> twice. <laughs> Fran Drescher almost got impeached, but she got out on the technicality of not being president of these United States. <laughs> so hilarious. she's basically fine. I, um, so there's also Brighton coming in from the uh, sports do, ball. Yeah, doing sports, and they're like, "Oh, your uniform's all clean. I thought you were playing baseball." And it's because he has been benched. He's been. He doesn't so do anything. He's very. He was very excited about baseball, but now he's not doing anything. It's not just that he's benched. I, I don't like the fact of how much they make fun of right field. They're like, he plays right field, so he doesn't do anything. <laughs> well, I, I I do now need to ask uh, Marcellus, my dear friend, uh, were you right field? No, no, <laughs> no. I okay. So this is a funny story. Like I said, I grew up with my grandparents, and um, uh-huh. I say that like before every story. That's hilarious. At this point, everyone knows I grew up with my grandparents. It does. It does explain your love of Werther's Originals. It does. It does. I always have hard candies in my pocket. And that and that mothball smell that you always seem yeah. to have. What mothball smell? Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm making and, fun of you. And you always have to be home in time for wheel. And I fall asleep at night. Hey, you guys, stop this. <laughs> It's also true. Anyway, sorry. Sorry, so you were raised, you say, by your grandparents. And they, um, my grandfather took me to go play baseball for a team, right? They let me go to all the practices for the first month, and then they sent the bill home for what, what the uniforms would be, and it was like 200 and some dollars, and my grandparents like, you're not playing baseball no more. So I never got to play <laughs> any position, Ben. I, uh... <laughs> oh, wow. I'm very sorry. I feel like I've, I've reopened an old wound. Yeah, I have, like, similar things of, like, doing things of I would... Uh, there's a lot of stuff that I tried for one class, <laughs> and then my parents found out how much money it was, and, like, we're not doing that anymore. Same with me, karate, uh, the piano. Oh, yeah, piano. I one specific, like, punch in karate, and I was a ballerina it. for a day. <laughs> <laughs> that explains a lot, Mandy. That explains a lot. <laughs> yeah. She's like, I'm gonna dance, damn it. <laughs> I mean, most... If you go into a pole class, or even if you just know strippers, a lot of strippers are former ballerinas. Yeah, yeah. You got you, you just got to know, like, and because they have all that dancer uh, yeah. body, and they like definitely have those muscles. But they hit puberty, and they grew tits and an ass, and that's not allowed in ballet, but it is allowed in a strip club. Yeah. You know, the, the, it's the, the, the... sad how many women sports, female sports, are like that. I have a gymnast friend that said the same thing. She was like, I was a great gymnast growing up. And I was like, oh, that's cool. What happened? And she was like, I got titties. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I, I dated someone who loved playing golf as a kid, and then she hit puberty and got very, very big boobits and uh, suddenly couldn't play golf anymore. Anymore. That's yeah, crazy. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, it it it's you 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 hear a lot about the ballet to to pole dancing pipeline. <laughs> you don't you don't hear a lot about it, about it going the other direction. <laughs> Are we still in the kitchen or have we moved into the the front living area for that for the doorbell? Yeah, I think the, uh, so yeah, the doorbell rings mm. and it is the father. Yes. Whose name I cannot remember. D- D- Dilbert. No. 
Dee Dee. No, Dee Dee's Dee Dee's Cece's sister. Yes. They made that no, joke yeah, already. Yeah, yeah. They did make that joke. F F for fucking father. Was it Jack? <laughs> Hold on, I'm looking it up. I, th- I swear it was Jack or something like that. It was I'm very generic. <laughs> just, it's, I think his name is just Dad. Uh, the actor's name was Robert Culp, who is just a name I definitely remember, uh, recognize. And the dad's name is Stuart. Stuart Babcock. <laughs> what is Robert Culp? Robert Culp is known for the greatest American hero. I spy. Half-Life 2 and Robot Chicken. Oh, wait, yeah, and he played the guy from the America's Greatest Hero on yeah. Robot Chicken. So. On Robot Chicken, yeah. <laughs> but yeah I was... guess he earned international reputation for his role as Kelly Robinson on I Spy, the espionage television series in which co-star Bill Cosby and he played secret agents. Yes. <laughs> I remember that now. Well, unfortunately, we have to end the podcast there because Mandy and I... Uh, had a bet that the first person to mention Cosby would A, end the podcast forever, and B, have to pay the other one $57,000. Oh, but he was also in Everybody Loves Raymond. He was also in Everybody Loves Raymond, and I think that is the thing that we need to keep the podcast going. Yes! But he was also, he he was Dr. Wallace Breen in Half-Life 2, which, as I, it's been a while since I've played Half-Life 2, but I think he was a talking robot dog. <laughs> That's, that That isn't true. But it is funny to think about. So uh, Stuart Babcock shows up and he, he uh, gets a round of applause because, of course, he does. I don't ever think the rounds of, the, of applause that we hear on this show are real. Yeah, I think and they never, always they never go laughter. to the right people. Like I'm still this this guy gets a round of, of applause and Rita Moreno doesn't. Yeah, that's, that doesn't that didn't make no sense. That made me mad too. I was like, come on, West Side Story. <laughs> how y'all not notice? So he goes to Maggie and is uh, like, oh, you haven't aged a day, clearly. Uh. <laughs> Pretending that Maggie is, is Cece. Yes, and uh, Cece is just uh, off to the side, like the saddest thing of her. She's like, no, Papa, it's me. Father, it's me. That's not me. I'm over here, Father. Can you see me? Father, Father, it's me. Wait, I the, the little girl. I love how Mandy said, no, Papa. All I keep hearing in my head now is, <laughs> Father, can you hear me? <laughs> <laughs> and she has her mother's sense of humor. None. <laughs> Cuts them at dinner, and uh, Stuart is making everyone laugh, and is clearly being uh, the life of the party, and everyone's enjoying him. And Cece is desperately trying to connect by like, oh, it was so funny, that time with Ivana where we were... Uh, stuck out in her bathing suits. It was so embarrassing. And she's <laughs> a most boring story. Which I mean, it could like it, yeah. it could be an embarrassing story, but she is not good at giving, not no. telling a joke in a funny way, exactly, or like giving a story. But she is trying so desperately to connect with her father. Yeah, Niles makes some kind of glib remark, and we get act of physical violence number two, where uh, Cece jabs him in the leg with a fork, <laughs> and he kind of deserves it. Because it's been 20 episodes of this shit. And, sh- and she said nothing. And it's time. It's time for a little comeuppance. CC stands for comeuppance, comeuppance. And like, he's he's doing it in front of her father. Yeah. And explicitly mocking the fact that she has daddy issues. Yeah, that's fucked up. Like, Niles, read the room. Please. No, if anything, and I don't... I don't want to be all into, like, the problems of everything extend to daddy issues. But also, the show is kind of written of, like, oh, here's an explanation of why she is pining after Maxwell so much. Yeah. Because her father is someone who was, like, not emotionally available to her. Yeah. And so, of course, she'd go after the guy who's not emotionally available to her. And, and the other interesting thing is 
her father is and this is this also comes up at this point in the narrative her father is backing a Barbra Streisand concert which means that her father technically in a way a theater producer so it absolutely this like a thousand piece jigsaw just snaps into place about why cc is so fixated on maxwell because maxwell is emotionally unavailable uh works in the entertainment industry has pretty much the same haircut he's pretty much the same haircut (laughs) it's pretty much the same haircut and that is it is a full head of hair growing out of the top of a white man's head like that's that's pretty much all it needs to be there are no bald spots is it like the night the 90s poof yeah the 90s poof yeah which uh that was uh will on will and no that's sorry that's terrible i'm so sorry wow i I can't believe you did that (laughs) that was a good one ben here's the part where you have to you have to make it clear that you are also i'm also a queer person i'm bisexual i'm non-binary i'm queer i was going for a kind of for an ironic juxtaposition and also, uh, people who are within the LGBT community can't hate other LGBT people. That's unheard of. Doesn't happen. No, that's all we do. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, all we spend yeah. our time doing. Wow. That's it's, <laughs> learning I mean, so I've, much. You've heard. I mean, I've I've mentioned this in my stand-up set. Like, you t- I, I've said this. Like, one of my bits is like being bisexual. Like, is you get hate from both sides. Yeah. You get you get you get straight people saying, "Oh my god, gay," and then you get the gays going, "Pick a side. We're at war." Yeah. Like, it's there's no victory as a bisexual person. Anyway, what was that about Will and Grace? What was that horribly offensive thing that you said, Mandy? <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I just can't believe she said it. Personally. Oh, it seems there's so much gaslight in here. <laughs> mm-hmm. There's uh, no no one's gaslighting you, Mandy. <laughs> You've never been gaslit. Uh, anyway, so yeah, Stuart brings up the fact that he is on the board for a barber yes. thing. So he's like, oh, I have to go see her, which Fran freaks the fuck out about. And that's where she and Natalie like, oh, do you yeah. mean Barbara Jones Streisand, born April 24th, 1942, to Manny and Diana Streisand of 457 Schenectady Avenue, Brooklyn? <laughs> I take it you are a fan. Um, and she passes out and dies, uh, which I think was a very shocking and ballsy thing for them to have to do CPR. They put her in the back of an ambulance. And... Season one. Yeah. It's, it's, it's wild. really weird that, like, what this brand version did she. Yo, wait a minute. I had the HBO version. She didn't. She failed, but she didn't. They got an ambulance? What the? Is this the behind the scenes? They don't show this yeah, we're black watching people. the uh... what, What's going on? <laughs> yeah, you remember, you know how when you sign up for HBO Max, you have to choose your skin tone, and the darker it is, the less of the episode you get to see, but the more money wait. you have to pay, it's fucking fucked up. Wait, 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 wait. You got to choose your skin tone? They made me do the face recognition <laughs> thing. Well, we don't have a camera, so they just let us choose. Ah. If you unplug the camera, you actually get to pick. I mean, as soon as we put in that the name was Benjamin Patton, they were like, oh, you're right. We get it. <laughs> Uh, anyway, so so yeah, that's what that's why it's uh, the account is under Benjamin Padden and not under Amanda Okendo <laughs> with a goddamn Q in it. Yeah, they're like, we don't know what that is. We're just going to charge you the most. Yeah, yes, if we did, if we did that, the only things they'd let us watch are one day at a time in the Fresh Prince of Bel Air reunion, and that would be it. Hey, that's not um, funny. That's not funny. I signed up for HBO Max, and that's what they they, they you know they suggest stuff, and it had the most black. Stuff I was like, I've seen all this stuff. I don't want to watch this. And Fresh Prince Bel Air was one of the first things. That's just so funny that you said that. Straight away, it's like, hey, uh, so hey, 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 uh, Marcellus, that sounds like a black name. Do you want to watch this show? Yeah, you want to watch uh, some Will Smith, right? <laughs> yeah, 
Our uh, algorithm suggests you may be a black man. <laughs> a black man. Uh, okay, so uh, so they okay. they, resu- they resuscitate. No, you're fine. <laughs> they resuscitate Fred in the ambulance and then turn back around and go home. And they film this in real time, like we're in the ambulance sitting in silence for like 20 minutes. Stop it, Ben, because this is one of my favorite scenes. I love the fake tank. <laughs> I love the way that she no. just drops out her chair. <laughs> yeah. It was so funny. It was so oh, funny. Yeah, no, I, I love that one of the. Th- I, I mean, I've said this before on the show, and I've also said I've said this before on the show before on the show. But I, Fran, Fran Drescher is so good at physical comedy. Yes, it's like her, her tilt out of the chair with that, with that kind of look of giddy excitement on her face as she just goes thunk and then so drop. Good. Yes, yes, and drop, and then she does it three times. Yes, it's so good. Like that's again, it's one of those physical moves you've got to get it just right, and to do it three times in one scene. Like I don't know whether that was all shot consecutively or whether they they spliced different takes together or what. But dear God. Like God bless that woman. She she did such a great job. And the late one, the last forward. one, the last one was out of control. Yeah. You just you're just waiting for it, and you're like, uh, yeah. Uh. Like keeping it like it's three times that she does this drop, and it's funny every yeah, time that, that it happens. Yes, it's a that's a like comedy rule of three. Three is funny more than more than three, and it wouldn't be funny. But like if she had done it one more time, I think I still would have laughed because it's it's. It, it's such a calculated move, and it was like the first one. The first one of those as well. I remember thinking the camera is framed just so that um, I think Gra- something's going to happen. Yeah, Gracie is like sitting in, uh, just kind of in in terms of camera placement. She's in front of. Uh, of Fran so we don't see the back of the chair so when Fran does that arc we don't actually see her lift herself out of the chair because of the way the shot is framed so it looks like she just kind of pivots like someone rotating a 3D model (laughs) Uh, it was just just absolutely perfect but the reason that she's she's doing this fall is uh Stuart Babcock is not only backing uh, this Barbra Streisand concert, but has offered to take Fran with him because Cece says how much she hates Barbra Streisand because she thinks, oh, daddy hates Barbra Streisand very clearly. So therefore... He, mu- she, he must hate Barbra Streisand because she's nasally and Jewish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's part of her charm. So the reaction to Cece saying, well, I hate Barbra Streisand... Uh, is what is is that her dad says? Well, okay. Well, you clearly hate Barbara Streisand. Fran uh, has suffered a concussion twice over this woman in the la- at least the last ten minutes. I'm not talking like a whole lifespan. I I don't have that level of history there, but uh, uh, clearly she likes Barbara Streisand. Fran, do you want to come with me to the Barbara Streisand concert? And do you want to go backstage? Like that's so the third one. Like, do you want do you want to go? And that's the the fight. You're gonna be front row. The faint. Yep. And was like, oh, I got it. Like, everyone is holding her. And be like, please don't. You have shit to do. You have a job here. The children will starve if you <laughs> don't call it. And I was like, oh, but you will also go backstage. Yeah, it's such a great moment. And then, uh, Marcelo, are you still there, by the way? Yes, I'm still here. Okay. I'm just listening. Oh, cool. Mandy was doing oh. it perfect. She was just like, <laughs> okay. and I, I was waiting for her to say like, yeah, I got this. Because that was the whole thing. She was like, on the third one, the backstage, I got this, I got this. Get off of me. It's cool. It's cool. Yeah. Everyone was there like bracing her ready and then it didn't happen. And then... It was like once everyone let go of her that she finally like, oh, she held on as long as she could. There was like a full two minutes later and they were in a whole nother conversation and you just, just <laughs> flop. I'm like, oh my God. And that like, you know, the third one will eventually happen, 
but it's such a long gap that you you almost forget about it and it's fun it's still funny like yes. all three of those those drops are so good also i would like to point out that i didn't know that barbara streisand's middle name was joan all the facts that fran put out there was freaking hilarious and amazing and any super fan should know that about someone that they love i i feel like if this show had been made in like 2010 there'd be a joke about fran being one of the editors on the Barbara Streisand wiki or <laughs> yeah. Fran is very excited about the Barbara thing. And then uh, separately, there's a bit of a hiccup thing happening of Maxwell gets invited to some theater thing that I do not exactly. He's, I think he gets to speak at the producers union or something like that. Yeah, something like that. But then he realizes that, that is the same day that he has promised to take Brighton to go see uh, the Mets. The Mets. In the Metropolitan Orchestra of New York. No. <laughs> He's like, oh God, what am I going to do? It's baseball. It's not, can, not really an Can orchestra. we also point out how often they shit on the Mets? Like, I don't know. How, I don't know oh, much so about... So often. Tell you what. What do you say I get us a couple of box seats at opening day at Shea Stadium, huh? You'll see how the pros do it. Or at least the Mets. I'm like, were the Mets that bad back then? What's going on? I, I mean, 1994. I don't know how baseball stats work, so Googling it wouldn't help. But, like, That's I imagine true. if the show is shitting on the Mets this much, they must have been pretty bad in 94. Or maybe the writers just fucking hated the Mets. I mean, I guess, like, the only thing that I can say about the Mets is, like, well, I know if I'm thinking of a New York team, I would think of the Yankees yeah. and not the Mets. So maybe the or Yankees. The are, it's like Mets. Oh, no, no. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Manchester United, Manchester City, like one of them is a world-class team and the other one is also in the same city. Yeah, like the, <laughs> the, the warring FSU, UF college football yeah. in Florida. Of One of them is Florida State and University of Florida. And you're only, technically they're on like different, I don't know how about uh, how football works. Sports. Uh, like college <laughs> football. Th- they're on like different like tracks. So it's not like they ever have to go against each other. But people, you either are into one or you're into, into the other. I think it's wild that between the three of us, the only sports any of us know anything about are the Classic Tetris World Championship and Airsoft. Yeah, pretty much. I (laughs) I mean, you know, Marcel's, do you, like, you are a skateboarder. Do you know, like, uh, the skateboard things? Like, skateboard? I do. um, So, like, I know that I I do keep up with a lot of skateboarding, uh, professional skateboarding. I know that they just did the Olympics and, like, the Japanese are killing and um, skateboarding, like two youth, like uh, there's a young lady and then there's a, a young man, Yuto Horigami, who won gold, freaking out of control. They they skate like robots. They like, everything's perfect. They land everything. It looks like they're not even trying. So they, that's the most I know. I don't know. None of about basketball, baseball, anything got a, a ball in it. I'm can't now that's my blackness is not working in the sport section so so you know <laughs> you know who tony hawk is but you probably wouldn't recognize him if you saw him out in the world oh yeah i know tony hawk is the man that's yeah. like i got all types of tony hawk stuff that's that's yeah. like the og right there the problem the problem with tony hawk the reason why he tony hawk does not get recognized is that i mean if you're looking at a lineup of skateboarders, you're going to know who Tony Hawk is. But if you're just looking at a lineup of, of white men, like if you put him in <laughs> with like, ba- like the Bachelorette contestants, you would not in, know yeah. who he was. Mandy, I didn't want to say it, but thank you for saying it for me. Hey, he, <laughs> I just, I couldn't tell him if you put him in a group, I wouldn't be able to like, you got to get on the board. That's how I'm going to tell. <laughs> like for the longest time, I couldn't tell the difference between Henry Cavill and uh, Ar- Arnie Hammer. Like they both look the same to me. Wow! And one of them Superman, and the other one is is the Lone Ranger. 
One of them is a cannibal. One of them is a cannibal. But you won't find out which one until you finish your date. Um, (laughs) One of them's a cannibal and the other can build their own PC and and wanted to play The Witcher because they play The Witcher. Like, that's what it boils down to. And that was really dope. That's actually how how Tony Hawk got into professional skateboarding is he played the video game and uh, thought, yeah, this thing's really cool. And (laughs) like, it's really fun. Like, it had my name on it. Like, I just wrote... Like typically, it's, got, like, I just, it's just like me in the game as well. Like that's my shirt. Typically, <laughs> I have to write my name on the top of all my games so they don't get lost. Um, but this one just had it on there, and it was great. They're gonna have to try this. <laughs> huh. it's, it's like if there was a, if you walked into a GameStop and saw a game called uh, uh, Blue Moon Lichen Professional Bowling, you'd be like, well, I guess I gotta fucking buy this bowling game now because it's got my name on it. Next day, I'm I'm trying bowling too. Like maybe I didn't <laughs> something I didn't know. Jesus, I'm actually pretty good at this. Yeah, could you imagine if you just did bowling one day and you found out that you were fucking amazing at bowling? <laughs> okay, so look, I'm not all right. That, I'm gonna tell you that's kind of how it was with baseball in me. Like I couldn't, I can't catch the ball and I can't throw it, but for some reason I can knock a ball out of the park. And every that's what made the coach make me go to play for him. He saw me playing at PE or something like that. And every time somebody threw any type of ball at me, I could knock it into the next, like literally over the gate. Wow. <laughs> so I, I don't know why like honestly if i would have could afford the uniform i'd probably be a baseball player right <laughs> nigga be famous right now <laughs> if you had that 250 you would be set if i can go back in time i go get my 12 year old self 250 dollars so i can become a <laughs> professional baseball player <laughs> if you could travel back in time you'd give your younger self more than 250 okay so this is sad i made i made this joke about it. you know i got that joke of like if i wanted to go back in time i probably should stop slavery but i wouldn't i would just stop <laughs> the Americans from retaliating with Pearl Harbor so we all could speak Japanese. (laughs) (laughs) It wouldn't have worked. We mostly did that as a a fear tactic against the Russians. It's true. (laughs) It wouldn't have worked, but damn it. We'd be speaking Russian. Yes, I was going to say. We'd be able to watch uh, that Russian anime without without the need for dubs or subs. (laughs) So Cece is is, uh, acting like she's not bothered about the fact that her father wants to take Fran, but is very clearly bothered. And meanwhile, Brighton's been told by Maxwell, oh, I can't take you to the baseball game because I've got, I've got to speak at this producer's union thing. And Brighton is surprisingly chill about it. He's very it. chill about it. He's, He's playing Tetris on his game board. Well, you know how much I wanted to take you to this ball game. No, oh, you can't make it. <laughs> no problem. Well, the thing is, I'm afraid I'm just not going to be able to make it. Dad, it's like I said, no problem. Oh, I know you're so desperately disappointed. But you see, I- I've been waiting years for the Theatre Guild to invite me to speak, and you see, they just called, so I... Dad, hello, did I mention no problem? <laughs> yeah, he was like, yeah, I get it. You've been an absentee father for every other episode <laughs> yeah. of this series. Yeah, I've seen the show before. It's fine. You, you, you go do what you gotta do. It's fine. I've got a Game Boy. My Game Boy is my dad now. Fran comes back because uh, Stuart, Cece's father has taken her out to buy a like a fancy dress for the Barbara Streisand concert and she is so very happy and Cece is not happy not at happy all. at all can we also mention how much game Stuart has like he was like he had oh, his charm shoot. level up to like 110 percent he was putting it down I was gonna see if I can go out with him after this like, <laughs> look, you gonna buy me some shoes Mr. Bunny bags I mean I'll come on I like Barbara I could <laughs> yeah, I could use a I could use a new shirt. Why not? Yeah, yeah. some slacks. Uh, Hell, I'll take a dress. Black. I'm. This is a free world. Yeah. I'll take a dress. Yeah. 
I would like a good long. Break. Now, now we just pause to imagine Marcellus in a dress. Cause you, you would. You're very, oh my god, lo- yeah, you're very you would look gorgeous in a dress. Are you kidding me? Okay, all right. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. But you know, you ever seen Tu Wong Fu from Julie Newmar? Yeah, yeah. I want to remake that movie so bad. Uh, and I want to. Is that wrong for me? I can be a straight man and want to do that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I want to do that so bad. I want to remake that movie so bad, and I think I would look bad. I think I look better than Wesley Snipes in a dress. I tell you that much. And you don't cut this out. I want this out there just in case somebody <laughs> can hear it, and they want to put me in yeah. Too Long Two to remake. Because I, yes, yeah. I think I would look bad in I, a dress. Thank you. A, a sequel that's called Too Long Two. Too Long Two, or or Too Long Fu that has like, like the number two instead of the word two. Like I want to make it clear, you you are a straight man. You are a very masculine man. I am telling you this because I believe that you are very comfortable masculinity but you are also a beautiful specimen yes, absolutely and you could just whatever the fuck Aww, you wanted you. to wear you could wear i will it. i will say this the bob mackie dress that uh that Stuart bought for fran that she wears later and looks absolutely stunning and you could pull that off hands down like not even that's not even up for debate i have notes on that that dress was amazing <laughs> that sh- the way yeah. she wore that dress i swear she was an executive producer and she was like nah um i get to pick the dress like because that was bad you know she kept that dress afterwards too <laughs> oh, you, I would hope we we will come back to the dress because what we have right now is uh, after Fran has watched Brighton be not crushed by the fact that Maxwell's doing his his talk, and so Fran goes into Maxwell's office while in the background Niles is sweeping out in the on the the balcony there, and Fran is talking about how clearly emotionally distraught Brighton must be that his dad has cancelled this bu- this baseball game. And it's talking about how, how it affects you and how it makes you angry and makes you want to lash out. And in the background, Cece walks into the, the balcony area and throws a potted plant. And we get active violence number three against against Niles, where she just kind of fully like does a Super Mario butt stomp on his foot and shatters every single bone that he's ever thought about having in his foot. Like it's just it's just a wonderful like one allowing uh, uh, Lauren Lane, Cece's actress, to finally do a lot of his like yeah. it's just pure physical comedy of her in the background just attacking Niles. <laughs> yeah, and but also like I think this is the writers responding to to Lauren Lane saying that she wants to be able to get back at Niles, and I think rather than have her fire zingers back, I think this is their first attempt at that. Of, well, what if you just beat the shit out of him? <laughs> what if you come at him with a baseball bat? What if you stab him with a fork? What if you just turn every bone in his foot into dust um, with with your with your foot, your 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 larger, heavier, angrier foot? And I think that was like so. Okay, so now we're even now, Lauren, right? No, no, we're not even, and we'll be coming back to this in future episodes. The thing about it I like is, and I think you guys mentioned this in a previous episode too, how Cece acts out a lot of the things that's going on between Fran and... um, Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so every step, everything that she's describing, the son is going through as far as, because the the father doesn't want to um, take him to the game. Cece's doing that back behind, exhibiting the same characteristics because she's mad about her dad. I love that. And I don't know, did we skip the part where uh, where Cece faints? Because that faint taint was hilarious too i don't i remember the faint i don't remember when it happened i thought it happened like right before that like right oh yeah yes it does because uh after stewart leaves yes uh, oh my god she's like i could be your stepmom i think it's something like that yeah it's like an implication because uh he is stewart is being so charming and putting on the moves and be like "Ooh, he's looking he's looking for a new wife (laughs) niles makes the comment about how how fran could be your new mom and uh cc gets to do the same kind of tip (laughs) over and faint that fran 
got to do a couple mm. of scenes earlier. And then we get this weird, and it, I think it, it only looks weird because this show is shot on video and it's like, it's not shot on film. So it doesn't look as glossy as when a show like Friends would do this. But we get that kind of point of view shot of Cece kind of coming coming to and coming around. Oh, yeah. And everyone's around her. And it's such a weird shot because it's handheld and it looks a little like home video, uh, just the way that it's shot. Uh, but you've got Fran right like right there, right front front of the camera. Like we can see right up her nose. We can see right in her mouth. <laughs> this is somebody something. Like somebody has paused the frames on this on HBO Max for purposes. For personal reasons. I like how you say it for purposes. <laughs> for, yeah, yeah, for, for, for reasons that may or may not include jerking it. Oh, quit it, you two. Don't tease my daughter. <laughs> and I like when she's like, hey, when the husband dies, doesn't the wife get the money before the daughter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah like and then they continue uh, she comes back and be like oh uh, you should be worried about the daughter after the nanny and there's kind of an implication yeah <laughs> that, uh, Cece's gonna Cece's gonna get her Cece's gonna murder Fran it's also kind of a thing of so much of the physical humor that Lauren Lane has and especially like with Fran and even with Niles yes. is the fact that like Lauren Lane is so much taller Mm. very much taller than Fran. I don't actually know whether she's taller than Niles, but like in my mental image, she is so much taller than everybody else. So whenever she does like, I mean, when she does the the faint and the drop, it's so much of like a bigger thing because she is a larger person. Um, And whenever she goes after them, it is, she is so much bigger and more important. Part of that is just like, she is more physical presence. But part of that is like just using the fact that she is like physically very statuesque. She is the Resident Evil 8 big titty goth vampire lady. (laughs) That's so dope. That's what I, Lauren Lane, can someone please reach out to Lauren Lane and tell her that she just needs to be the big titty vampire lady from Resident Evil 8. Like they've made a role for you. It's there. It's just waiting for you, baby girl. It's there. If they make a movie based on that game. Dye your hair black. And I would even say that she is like, because I mean, obviously she is older now, but I would say that that even, because Lady Dimitrescu is like clearly like an older woman. Mm. Uh, fucking perfect no yeah it fits it fits perfect we cut to Fran's bedroom the day of the concert uh, and she's there with her mother whose name is Mother I forgot her mother's name I believe it's Sylvia let me double check it is Sylvia okay yeah so she's there with her mother Sylvia talking about the concert there's been some singing Uh, her mother's so proud that she's gonna get she's gonna get to go to this Barbara concert because she's never gotten to go to herself Fran is in the gorgeous dress her hair is up she is so bad yeah it's very and even this happens later when uh, uh, when Niles is limping around and he the door knocks and Niles limps towards the door and then the door knocks again and he just yells, I'll just come in. Stuart comes in and then Fran comes down the stairs looking, and again, even Stuart comments, you look like Audrey Hepburn. And dear God, she does. I feel like part of it might be like an intentional reference. I'm trying to think. I initially thought it might be from Funny Face. It's not. I mean, the way that she's statuesque reminds me of a specific, uh, like the pink and white outfit that she, that Audrey Hepburn. No, I agree. Funny Face. There's a certain scene that comes in my head from one of her movies. And like I said, even with the staircase, the way she's coming down, the way she's presenting herself, I definitely understand what you're saying i just can't put my yeah. finger on what movie and what scene it was yeah but also so before then when she uh when fran and sylvia are yes. in the bathroom 
uh, getting ready. Fran is uh, very clearly torn about the fact that, like, I can't go. Cece is clearly, like, very torn up about the fact that, like, her father invited me and not her. And Sylvie is like, no, fucking go. It's Barbara Streisand. Go. She keeps referring to her as our leader. (laughs) (laughs) This moment, like, Sylvia has never before in this show been so much like my mother. Like, yeah, look, I get that you're taking someone else's spot, but fucking go. When are you going to get the chance to do this again? The, there's a fantastic line in which uh, Fran is like, I just can't, man. It's all your fault. Mine? Yes, because you raised me too good. Wasn't it you who said family comes first? Our family, not theirs. I love that line. <laughs> Like, that reminds me of, like, that is how my mom is. That is how your mom is. Yep. Like, oh, we meant our family, not other people's shit. We didn't We didn't mean for you to have good morals generally. We just meant for you to just for give you. a fuck about me specifically. <laughs> As a father, too, I have to say that I definitely understand where Sylvia is coming from. If my son wants to do something and finally gets to meet his idol, finally gets to blah, 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 I give a fuck about anybody else. Look, I don't <laughs> care. Like, I would I, I would have grabbed Cece and probably put her to sleep. Like, choco, put her in the closet. Look, we got to find Cece if she want to go to the concert. Like, I would have made my son go to the, like, fuck your morals, fuck what I taught you. You're going to go see Barbara, baby. And it, it's... I I mean I can only imagine what it what if your son were just like super into Barbara the the go see Barbara baby, uh, but it's also kind of thing. But like yeah I I get it. Cece we need something nice to you, but also you're rich and you can afford therapy. I can't. <laughs> Let me go see it. <laughs> but yeah, she gets to the bottom of the stairs looking just absolutely just R.I.P everyone else who's trying to be beautiful in 1994 because uh Fran Jesha has all of the beauty in this moment she won. absolutely she stunning won. yeah she that's it top of the list and she tells Stuart that she's looking forward to the concert and she hates to say this but i can't go <laughs> why not oh because i'm a old softy and well I think you should take Cece. I love the look on Stuart's face because he's looking at her in that dress like, nah, I am not. I've been with that little bitch my whole life. I'm not taking her to this kind of I'm taking you. Uh-uh. You can't make me. <laughs> it is very much of like, because they're playing it as like, oh, they're looking at Fran. At, uh, like Stuart's, It's like a father-daughter relationship. Yeah, and like, but Stuart's looking at Fran like, this is not a father-daughter it's, relationship. Yeah, there's definitely like, up until this moment, the vibe has been father-daughter. And this scene is where it starts to feel it starts to feel like Stuart's not looking for a daughter he's looking for a mummy and yeah and be like yeah I agree Cece's fucked up you know what will fix her a new ass mommy (laughs) that's a good one like Stuart agrees and they hug and then Cece sees the hug and misreads the situation entirely um, which again, Stuart's putting out that energy, so fair play. Yeah. Um, and she does what every sensible, rational adult does in this situation. She locks herself in the bathroom. Cece, open this door. Your father and I are very concerned about you. Fran is leaning into the, I am your new mommy. It is yeah. so uh, funny. It's so funny. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're talking about trying to jimmy the door open. Maxwell sends Niles, who, as, as you may recall, has a limp at this point in the episode because Cece smashed up his foot. Like He is a- bad. He does yeah. not want to walk no more. But he, do- he goes and he gets... He's been sent off to get a butter knife, and as soon as as soon as he leaves, Fran asks Sylvia to pick the lock with her acrylic nails, and she does it. And Fran goes in, 
to talk to CC. And that's when Niles gets back with a butter knife and Maxwell says, well, we don't need it. And Niles does this wonderful little physical performance where he kind of exaggeratedly mimes, like, slicing, yeah, just cutting. It's it's such a wonderful little bit of physical comedy of him, like, ripping with the knife, just, and the look on his face. It's so good. It's one of those things where I almost regret that we're uh, an audio podcast and we're not, like, a YouTube thing, because I would just drop that clip in. It's so Just, listen, if you're not watching The Nanny, at least watch this scene. Uh, it's, It's such a great little performance. It's such a great little moment. It just, I laughed out loud so hard. So for our listeners that don't know what Sepulchre is, it's the, so if a samurai disgraces himself, he has to kill himself and he usually takes his little small dagger and he disembowels himself. Um, kind of an inverted T-shape is kind of what Niles did. At least. Yeah, and then Niles performs that perfectly. It was so hilarious. So it's like, if you know what he's doing, it's, oh my God. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, we're in the bathroom, which for a moment, for a while I was looking at this bathroom, like, why are there two toilets next to each other? And then I realized one of them is a bidet because it doesn't have a seat. Um, oh my God. I didn't know that's what it was. I was wondering. Little, I was like, rich people got two toilets. This is crazy. <laughs> no, it's, it's a bidet. It's a little uh, butthole washing station. <laughs> I've it's never. For, I've never. It's for Maggie and Gracie to poop together. Yeah. Oh. It's si- some si- some sister bonding. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's funny. The family that poops together stoops together. <laughs> um, but uh, Cece's crying on the toilet. We've all done it. We've all been there. Yeah. And uh, she's crying, and friend comes in and talks about how some things. What does she say? It's gone. It's gone from my head. They have a conversation that ends with hugs. Yeah, I mean, she's mostly just talking about like, oh yeah, you should go. Your dad wants your dad wants to connect with you. You should you should go to the concert. Take my dress and go to the concert. Well, t- the take my dress. No, was no, not, no, no. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't as much friend suggestion because because it's actually a very tender moment between friend and Cece. This is like the most human connection they've had. And then Stuart comes in and Cece and Stuart. Uh, hug it out. Fran encourages Stuart to invite Cece to the show. Stuart does that and Cece is the one who says and friend's so nice she's gonna let me wear her dress yes okay yeah and then that look on her face I was like oh no not the dress Cece <laughs> there's a part of me that wonders how much of this crying is genuine and how much like, I, I, I believe Cece is hurt that her dad is not yeah, spending time with I her I know there's a bit about cause uh Cece is also talking about the fact that like everyone thinks that she is like a cold-hearted person, but obviously like <laughs> she has feelings. She wants to have yeah. connections with her father, and like Fran is also looking directly in the camera when Cece's sobbing about everyone thinks that I'm a cold witch, and Fran's like, "Well, yeah, we've seen all the episodes. Yeah, There's been 19 the episodes. We've all seen this." But the, but that turn at the end where where Cece says Fran's gonna let me wear the dress, and then she like shoots this look at Fran that's like the other mother from Coraline yeah. and Fran, Fran is just like oh I guess I'm fucking doing this now and then we cut to Fran in a dressing gown which here's a fun thing about this dressing gown it is exactly the right size to cover up say a beautiful white Bob Mackie gown uh, I don't think Fran Drescher the actress got out of the white dress I think they just put the dressing gown over it which is a very quick and efficient way of moving on to the next scene if you're shooting a sitcom fun fact so Cece goes to the concert we see cc wearing the white dress and her dad's jacket over the top of her i think we don't see the whole dress but we do see the like a white jacket over the top and then we see sylvia which i mean part of that might be if they did actually if she got out of it if they needed to get i mean i would hope uh costume design would actually like get separate dresses but also this is an expensive dress yeah they might have only just like okay we have this for costuming if it doesn't 
fit her or like because obviously a dress that is fitting Fran Drescher is not also fitting Lauren Lane. That was my thing. I was like, is it going to fit him? How? Is much taller than Fran, but uh, sitcom magic is going to fit the same. It's a sister to the traveling pants. Like those women all have different (laughs) waist sizes. But just a problematic thing of having over. But I think that it's more a just kind of like a a visual thing of like, oh, this is how close to her father it is that the father is giving her jacket. Yeah. And it also covers up the fact that maybe this other dress isn't as sequined as, as the other as the one that they had Fran in. But uh, we have a Barbara Streisand lookalike in this moment. We get some shots that are very clearly framed and lit and would probably on a like an old CRT, like a tube television from the 90s, you probably wouldn't quite be able to tell. But because yeah. we're watching on DVD or on a streaming service on uh, high-def televisions in the year of our Lord 20 and 21, we can see, oh, that is... That th- that's not Barbara Streisand. That's like Barbara's that's- cousin or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> so that uh, is Barbara Clyborn is who that is. <laughs> so uh, uh, Fran, Did you say Darbra and- with a D. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, with a D. Uh, I'm at the wrong concert. <laughs> She's singing The Way We Was. Um, (laughs) Uh, Fran and Sylvia are listening to the concert over the phone. Yeah, Cece has has her phone open, her cell phone. So So they can hear it. Uh, Fran and Sylvia are arguing over who is the bigger fan of Barbara Streisand. Mm -hmm. And then uh, they hear on the phone. What? Oh, well, listen, Stu says he's got a surprise for us. Hello, gorgeous. Not bar- clearly not Barbara says hello. Darbo Clyborn <laughs> says 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 hello, sweeties. Uh, like like River Song, and then we get a freeze on Sylvia and Fran's face as the names of the executive producers appear on on the screen. But there is this would have been before. There is a scene of we finally get back to the uh, Maxwell. Oh uh, yeah, Maxwell Brighton thing. That whole yeah, subplot. Uh, Maxwell Brighton thing of because uh, this is kind of. Meant oh, it was to- just after Fran uh, tells. Stuart that he should take CC and Brighton says I'm gonna no Brighton uh, and Maxwell says and I'm about to follow your selfless example oh well good then you can be as happy as I am <laughs> yeah and he goes to Brighton and tells Brighton hey I'm not doing the talk at the producers guild I'm going to uh, take you to the baseball game and Brighton's like bad news dad I made other plans yeah and like because there's so much of this of Maxwell has been an absentee father. Him not catering to his children has kind of been the plot of every single fucking episode. And I know previously in the Christmas episode, there's a mention of it, of like, he's not with the kids for Christmas. Yeah. And Brighton's the one that's like, no, that means that he feels bad. We get better presents. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Brighton's Brighton's used to it and has learned to take advantage of it. Yeah. But it's it's even because it's meant to be a joke of like, uh, no, Brighton was serious that he really doesn't care about this yeah. and it was Fran who was overreacting. If anything, it just means that Brighton has enough trauma that he does not depend on his father for anything. Oh yeah, he's a bad bitch at this point. <laughs> yeah, he's he's just accepted the fact that his dad will not be there. And like, I, I want to ask, so uh, on top of being a delightful stand-up comedian and uh, nanny person that we have on here, Russell, this is the first time we've actually had a dad this is a very dad-focused episode. Like the the various dad fuckery that goes on. How you feel as a father? Um, I, the the dad fuckery was annoying. Uh, so on the 
part of Stuart, I understood it completely because you could try and give your kids everything and they still will need some things and you're still going to fuck up on some stuff. So I can understand that. And it was just good to see how Fran was able to talk to him and get him to change his game up a little bit. You know what I mean? And he embraced it completely. So I love that. Max, he he pisses me off on a regular basis watching the show because it's annoying because like you said, I'm a stand-up comedian. I, I work a regular nine to five. I take my father duties very seriously. So I notice every little small thing about my son and the things that he doesn't notice about his son, it pisses me off. It's the fact that he didn't even know if his son really wanted to go. If When I asked Remy to go to a game, that's my son, Remy, by the way, because the people in the audience don't know. I'm like, hey, we're going to go to this football game. I could tell automatically if this little boy wants to go to this football game or if he doesn't want to go to this football game. And then I could gauge what I'm going to do with that. So if I got to do something else, then fuck him. He didn't want to go to that thing anyway. I was pretty much making him go for daddy, daddy son time. So <laughs> I, lo- I love my son. Also, fuck him sometimes. <laughs> He's six. That's how you have to do it. I- I'll tell him to his face. Hey, Remy, I love you, but fuck you sometimes. You be on some bullshit. And then I'll, uh, <laughs> and I'll go buy him a Hot Wheel. But no, it's the truth. Like, you need to know as a good father, it's not just give your kids everything. It's like yeah. you need to know when you're like, fuck you, you fucking up right now. Go sit down somewhere. And this is one of those situations that it really made me mad that he was able to get manipulated into doing something that he didn't want because he was really looking forward to being the the speaker at that thing I, I remember when Niles was making fun of him like oh they couldn't call blah 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 and he's like nah he's busy and what about blah 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 oh yeah he's actually got booked for something else and he's like and blah 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 so he was the last choice but he still yeah. was excited as fuck about this yeah the fuckery the dad fuckery is annoying <laughs> it really is so what you just said made me think of two things firstly and then I think the most important thing Hot Wheels are cheap as shit And they're a great way to kind of buy favor with your child Oh yeah, um, a dollar And you your just boy to, thinks you bought him just, a real car Yeah, you just go to a Ralph's And you can pick up like a quarter milk and a Hot Wheel See, I'm, and some funions. I'm, I'm against that for the only reason of uh, my younger brother Who was a guest on this uh, podcast previously uh, When we were little uh, he didn't talk at all, and so his method of uh, expressing that he didn't like something was by throwing metal Hot Wheels at people. Ooh, shit. I've, ta- I've taken metal Hot Wheels to the face. <laughs> Don't buy your children metal Hot Wheels, especially if they have if you have other children. I was going to say, he's an only one- child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one kid's uh, special toy is another kid's... Uh- Projectile weapon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I thought you were going to say you stepped on one because that's what made me almost never want to buy another motherfucking Hot Wheel. I stepped on a metal Hot Wheel and almost killed him. I was like, why is this right here? I can't walk for a week. What is wrong with you? I- that's that's why you guys got to buy those big container kits that also look like a truck. That's funny. I just and bought one excited. of those. You're right. Yeah. Because yeah. then they're so excited about like, yeah, I'm going to pull all my Hot Wheels in it, the truck. Yeah. My, my fa- Hot Wheels Hot Wheels have such gnarly shapes now. They're basically Lego bricks with wheels. So not only will you step on them, you'll slide them along, along the floor and you'll step on them again later. So it's a Lego a Lego banana peel. Yeah, yes, it's a Lego it is. Ba- it's, yes. It's the... A Hot Wheel is the banana peel of the 21st century. Um, <laughs> and the, the other thing that you pointed out about... I guess parenting, something you said reminded me of something my dad once told me, which is that uh, parenting is just trying to fuck up as little as possible. Yes. You're going to fuck up, and the, the, the goal is to fuck up 
as little as you can. Now, in fairness, my dad said this after he left my mother, immigrated, fell in love with another woman and got married, not necessarily in that order. Did um, he announce he was leaving on your birthday? Oh, yeah. On my birthday, he told us, I'm leaving and I'm moving to America, which is just ben, A plus you parenting. Al- you always do this to me. Last time you told me this crazy, great story about your dad. And you was like, oh, but then he died. And it was just like, why do you keep, yeah. why do you always do this to me, man? Like, I was like, I, dude, I lo- your dad is cool. And then you like, say that. I love my dad so much, but he was a very fallible human shaped person <laughs> and he 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 did some wonderful things and he did some shit because people are neither people are not you're not just a, a good person or a bad person yes you, you will do there there are things that you are gonna that you will do as a parent that you right now you're thinking this is the best choice that I'm, I'm making right now for my family for my wife for my son and there's gonna be a point in like 15 20 years time where that's the thing that remy is going to be talking to their therapist about because it has it left such an impression on them and it's not that it was done out of malice it's because that's the best choice that you could make at the time yeah and it, it is like my dad said it's like fucking up as little as possible because you're gonna you're gonna fuck up a a, 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 at least a bit no there is no such thing as a perfect parent no and if you don't fuck them up how are they gonna be able to do stand-up comedy <laughs> that's a damn good You're point a, mandy that's i, a damn I, good I owe point. my father my stand-up comedy <laughs> career that is very true damn. and that's the thing is it's a shame that he's dead because now we can't see the fruits of his lack of labor <laughs> wow that was a good one too oh, his fruits of um, his lack of labor oh, yeah i need that on a so, shirt <laughs> So end credits, we get uh, Fran singing with Chester, who is Cece's dog, who is actually in real life Fran, Fran Drescher's dog. They're singing The Not Way Chester We Were. Not Chester Meffield. Not Chester Meffield. Uh, Chester the dog Ooh. singing The Way We Were, which is Fran singing and dog bark. Dog bark. Neither of them are singing along with the instrumental on the CD player. <laughs> it's not in... T- but that's it. That's the episode. So I guess the big question is uh, what did we think? Let's let's start with our guest, Marcellus. What did you think of this episode? Um... It wasn't one of my favorite episodes. It was it was extremely funny. I love the interaction between Stuart and the whole family. At first, I because you know when you meet Cece, you're wondering about where does she come from. Yeah. So it, it was you have, you have to wonder what kind of upbringing she had to be this person. And we kind of see it, like you said, he's a businessman. Yeah. So he he pro- she probably was raised by a bad nanny. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. He was very clearly like off producing other like share concerts and. Well, it's not just the, that. I think the, at one the point, monkeys or whatever. At one point, he was saying he had to do some real estate stuff too. He was going to go look at some. Time. Yeah. So he's like crazy out there. But no, I'm getting away from the point. I love the episode. It was funny. It's not one of my favorite episodes, but I, I, it's it gets major points from Fran Dresser uh, with her faint takes. Those were just perfect. They're hilarious. Yes. The physical comedy it takes me back. So that's that's what I thought of the episode. I loved it. Thank you. Yeah. This is a really good. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go now. Fuck you, Mandy. Uh, this is <laughs> wow. Yeah, this is just this the dynamic that we have. Uh, I know, we you can tell you guys. You can tell. You can tell you guys live together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, what, what you mean is that we're comfortable together. We I, are. I ain't gotta chase that no more. <laughs> <laughs> I put a ring on it already. <laughs> I I enjoyed this episode. I think that this episode is a wonderful. It's another example of a '90s take on like the American sitcoms of the 50s and 60s mm-hmm. in terms of like the interfamilial it's I think the kind of absentee father thing is is very much kind of that's a narrative we started to see a lot more in the 80s and 90s and early 2000s and this feels like particularly because of the pratfalls and the faces and uh Niles committing seppuku all of the physical comedy stuff really did feel like it came out of a, a 60s sitcom yeah. but it's very much a 90s story so it feels like a very 
a, a very modern idea executed in the kind of way that an old school sitcom would have done and in the end i enjoyed it like i think from the binary of good episode bad episode on balance i think this was a good episode i don't think it's one of the best episodes i am I'm enjoying seeing cc kind of get back at niles for the things that he's saying even if right now is it, it is just acts of physical violence but it's acts of physical violence that have been a long time coming fran drescher looked absolutely divine in that bob mackie dress yes. just stunning and uh, it was just a fun episode. Like, this this was an enjoyable 25 minutes of television. Mandy, what did you think? Yeah, I, I strongly enjoyed this episode. I think it's a great episode. This feels like an episode that when they were coming up with these characters, it feels like something that they had of, like, here's something that we want to do with Cece. Yeah. Of, and it's such a great thing after so long of Cece kind of being, like, a background act and just kind of being an addition to various scenes. Seeing her, like, having this focus, her getting to do so much, and really kind of getting an explanation of who she is. Yeah. I feel like it's great getting to see kind of, I mean, throughout the series, again, we have seen uh, Maxwell kind of being an absentee father and kind of, like, fighting with fraying about that so having an episode that's kind of focused on that and also kind of like there's a direct parallel between the a plot and the b plot of like hey maxwell you can't be an actual uh, an absentee father you can't just kind of like sideline your kid all the time <laughs> you can't be a max hole maxwell yeah you can't be a max <laughs> hole you can't be a shrek at everyone because you're going to raise a cc and cc is real fucked up no one wants a CC. Yeah, Brighton's <laughs> already on the way to being a CC, but he he has the advantage of being a a white male, so he's going to be able to get away with a lot more of the sh- type of shit that CC pulls off. And he's going to be he's a future president of the United States. I was going to say, and that's even worse because he's going to think he can give he can do even more with that just lack of yeah. You know what I mean? Ugh. There's yeah, n- like, no filter. Compassion, lack of compassion. Yeah. Yeah, Brighton has a sort of privilege that, like, this kind of hurt to him is something of, like, oh, he will actively hurt other people. Yes. Of, like, him just kind of doing, like, oh, well, it just matters what I want to do, and this is something of, like, I can, abu- like, I can abuse this, I can abuse the system. And, I mean, like, he... It's already... a bad place. Just watching this little white boy and be like, "Hey, when will you? Uh, when will you actively fight against my existence, I... little little <laughs> white boy?" I, I, I think between this and like making fun, like previous episode, he called Maggie flat chested. I think what this is is I think Brighton's story is basically the Wonder Years American Psycho edition. It's like wow, that's. <laughs> If the show wow. focused on him, it'd be how he grew up to become a sociopathic axe murderer who works on Wall Street or whatever the fuck. I haven't seen it, but I assume it's it's good. <laughs> no, I, I agree a hundred percent. There, like, there's certain things. Even the fact that he chose, if you think about it, with his father telling him, like, no, we're gonna go do this, and he's like, no, nah, I already made plans. It's like, nigga, I'm your dad. You, if you don't get your, you gonna cancel your plans then. Like, there's a respect level to your elders that's scary that yeah. he's already kind of like, fuck you, I'm gonna do what I want to do. Uh, yeah, psychopath. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's definitely like one of those things where it's difficult with the uh, child actors where, I mean, he's uh, Brighton. It's it's a fantastic kid doing this who can kind of like play all this comedy. But because of that, he doesn't see appear to have a soul. Yeah. He doesn't appear to have a soul. <laughs> it's scary. Yeah, it's, you, it, it's sociopath. Just absolutely, <laughs> just absolutely. Ter- I'm terrified of, of what Brighton grew up to become. 
Just based on the, the everything we've seen in the first 20 episodes. Which, those are kind of the talks whenever they talk about doing a, like a reboot or a sequel to this. Oh, my God. Specifically gosh. about a Brighton having a nanny. Yeah. No, so this is funny. I was just thinking, like, if they did, like, a fuller house of this, it would just be Brighton being a, like, death row serial killer that they're trying to identify why, <laughs> why he it did what he De- did. <laughs> it would be Dexter meets the nanny. It would yes. be Brighton hiring a nanny. No, it would be, it would, it would be the nanny, but American Psycho is having happening in the background <laughs> <laughs> and cardi wow. b is the nanny yeah yeah she expressed that she wanted that she wanted a reboot yeah. where that and that i could see it i could yeah. see it there was something that i saw watching this episode that i see that they draw a lot of fran's character into harley quinn do you guys ever notice that or you, you see what i'm saying with this like as far as like the cartoon series i feel yeah i can kind of see that i feel like part of it is just kind of getting like a very new yorker kind of vibe oh, okay. i don't so know if they've ever like ex- I've, i don't know if they've ex- ever explicitly put fran or put harley quinn as jewish i don't think that but i just in kind of like oh she is a like i can definitely kind of see if they're trying to come up with like cartoony woman with a new york new york accent who is kind of like loud and brash and that kind of thing but like yeah that's fr- that's yeah. that's fran fine i could see her sure. i could see her playing like an earlier version of harley that's i don't know why it's just like that clicked when i was watching the episode yeah it works yeah if they if they'd done a live action harley quinn in the 90s fran drescher could have probably made that work yeah and also another another parallel between fran fran fine and harley quinn is harley quinn's outfits in bird of prey in the movie uh, are very a very kind of bold and like attention grabbing and aren't necessarily the kind of outfits that fran wears on the nanny but have that same kind of aesthetic of yes this pulls focus like this is the central focus of the scene regardless of what coloring is going on with the other characters or the background yeah it's like you will look you will look at me this will not be a choice that you think is good, but it is something that looks good on me. Yeah. I'm just a lot of parallels. I'm saying there's just something about it. Like I feel like even Margaret Rob- Robbie, she she took something from because she just has that I don't know. I don't She's I, Australian, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um the nanny was fucking huge in Australia. So it wouldn't surprise me if she took something from Fra- Fran Fran Drescher for her performance. Maybe she didn't. Maybe I'm just I'm 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 connecting dots that do not exist. I think that's what I'm but doing. I'm would- sorry. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I'm wondering even because, like, when, like, when did Harley Quinn appear on Batman the Animated Series? Uh, it 90- was '90s, the, or the mid '90s. Yeah, it yeah. was like '92, '93, so very so, contemporaneous I mean, with the nanny. Yeah, I mean, so like, it would be because I don't know when like she appeared on that because mm. technically, like, that would have started a little bit before because the nanny is later. Yeah. But even like you're having a long running series, you're looking at what is also a contemporaneous long-running sitcom it would not surprise me like oh we're kind of pulling some stuff like hey what's this and this is kind of a character type that fran drescher has been playing yes. for a very long time yeah. yeah of just kind of pulling uh that archetype from what fran drescher is doing you know what if voice actors were cast in the early 90s the same way they are cast today where they typically go for actors and comedians rather than professional voice actors I bet you dollars to donuts that Fran Drescher would have at least gotten to audition for Harley Quinn in the 90s. I agree. Mm-hmm. If that had been... Because now, you know, you have uh, uh, Kaylee Cuoco, if that's how you pronounce her name. She plays Harley Quinn. And a lot of the cast of that show is people like Jason Alexander and uh, Diedrich Baker and people like that who are not necessarily known for voice acting. Yeah. So, yeah. It is kind of wild that Fran Drescher hasn't done any, like... I. 
No, she has. She's done the the Dracula, the Hotel, uh, Hotel yeah. Transylvania, Hotel movies, Transylvania, yeah. done like voice acting stuff. Yeah, oh. but it's kind of weird. Like, but besides that, she hasn't done a lot of like voice acting stuff. When I mean, she is definitely has a very physical presence, but the voice is it's so unique. Yeah. It's so unique. For. Yeah. And then we have a lot of people that copy her too, though, like her style and whatnot. So why wouldn't you go to the source? I'm gonna stop because we're just on Fran. We love. Her. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, it's Editing Ben here. Uh, when we recorded the episode, we didn't actually talk about what the next episode is going to be. So I'm just going to insert this in here now uh, so I can tell you what it is. It is season one, episode 21, Franny's Choice. Fran's former flame has broken up with his girlfriend and now wants Fran to come back to the beauty shop, dot, 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 and marry him. So uh, I guess that is what is next. That feels that does feel like a season finale, but it's not. We've got another episode uh, at the end of season one after that. So that's a very interesting choice for episode 21. It really does feel like an episode 22 thing. Also, we're going to take a week off. Uh, I will be traveling to Seattle for PAX. I'll be talking about that in just a minute. So we won't have time to record and edit an episode because I will be out of town. But when I get back... Normal service will resume. It just means next week, which is the 8th, September the 8th. Yeah, September the 8th uh, just means there won't be an episode and uh, we'll be back on September the 15th. So thank you for bearing with us. And I'm going to throw it back to past Ben, past Mandy and unstuck in time, Marcellus. Thank you so much to everyone for listening to this show. Uh, if you have enjoyed the show, do please let people know on social media and leave a positive review for us on Apple Podcasts. Little independent podcasts like ours live and die by word of mouth, and we would certainly appreciate yours. We'd also like to thank Marcella Samuel, a wonderful, delightful human being. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode. Uh, where can people find you on the internet? Um, you can find my social media on Instagram as Blue Moon Lichen, like blue the color, moon as the big orb that's in the sky and lichen that's l-y-c-a-n or lichennerd.com that's my personal website i appreciate mandy and ben for having me on i love you guys i miss you i want to see you physically soon hopefully yeah. <laughs> do you have um you do a lot of like the the uh, stand-up things both like streaming and like regular do you have anything like in the pipeline that you want to like promote sadly enough no um <laughs> i just did some stuff on tv but i can't talk about and i actually don't have any new shows coming up um hopefully i got i get the arizona i think it's called big sky fest that's what i applied for ah. and they're supposed to let us know next week sometime so fingers crossed about that cool. yeah uh but if you're waiting to hear about that then definitely check out uh at blue moon lichen on instagram you said yes ma'am and uh, like a nerd.com yeah and uh, let us know when your TV thing airs because we will plug the crap out of it here on the show I appreciate you uh, I'm Ben Padden you can find me at Ben Padden on Instagram and Twitter Mandy where can people find you uh, you can find me at Mandy Quesadilla on uh, Twitter Instagram and Facebook fantastic uh, for those of you who are going to be at PAX West uh, next weekend I believe it's the Labor Day weekend September 3rd to September 6th I will be at PAX I'm doing two panels the first panel is happening on Sunday at 2pm uh, I'm doing a panel called Oi Nutter! Celebrating 25 mostly glorious years of worms 
I'll be talking about the Worms series, and that one is at 2 p.m. If you're at PAX, you can watch it there. Uh, or if you aren't at PAX, you'll be able to watch it on one of their Twitch channels. And then on Monday uh, at 2.30 p.m., I will be uh, doing a show called A Brief and Mostly Fictitious History of Esports, in which I'll be spending an hour making up shit about esports and the history and what led to it being the big booming success it is today. Again, that one will also be streaming on one of the PAX Twitch channels. Keep an eye on my social media. Again, I'm at Ben Padden on Twitter and Instagram to find out when I'm going to be doing this stuff. Uh, I've been posting about it pretty frequently on Instagram, so the information is there. Other than that, our show, Out on Her Fanny, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook as Out, uh, 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 at Out on Her Fanny. And our website is oofcast.com. That's O-O-H-F-Cast.com because we didn't want to get blacklisted by Google for having the word Fanny in the domain name. Uh, I think that is pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you again, Marcellus, for having us. Uh, this has been out on her. Oh, you didn't have us. We we had we had him. <laughs> no, I'm thanking he had you. Us. I'm, whoever had who, I, I thank you and I appreciate you. We we've all had each other. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm down for that. Why not? I'm not wearing underwear right now. Uh, anyway, uh, this has been thank. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Out on Her Fanny. A podcast about the nanny. I've been Ben. I've been Mandy. And I'm Marcellus. And yes, we we do do know know. it means means vagina. vagina. Grand Geek Gathering